My brothers and sisters, the Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to John. On the first day of the week, Mary of Magdala came to the tomb early in the morning while it was still dark and saw the stone removed from the tomb. So she ran and went to Simon Peter and to the other disciple whom Jesus loved and told them, they have taken the Lord from the tomb and we don't know where they put him. So Peter and the other disciple went out and came to the tomb. They both ran, but the other disciple ran faster than Peter and arrived at the tomb first. He bent down and saw the burial cloths there, but did not go in. When Simon Peter arrived after him, he went into the tomb and saw the burial cloths there, and the cloth that had covered his head, not with the burial cloths, but rolled up in a separate place. Then the other disciple also went in, the one who had arrived at the tomb first, and he saw and believed, for they did not yet understand the scripture that he had to rise from the dead. The Gospel of the Lord. Happy Easter. It's good to say that to people from a pulpit at Easter rather than into a camera live streaming it without any idea who's tuning in. I've been reflecting throughout Lent what this Easter might be like or feel like after last year. It was and continues to be such an unprecedented time that it's hard to put into words and define the best description. And that's when a commercial came on the other night that seemed appropriate. I'm sure many of you have seen it. It's been on for the last couple of weeks from the food delivery service Uber Eats with former Saturday Night Live cast member Leslie Jones. It opens with her having loaded tots delivered as she sits down to watch March Madness. And all of a sudden, this second Leslie Jones appears who seems transported from 2020. And she perfectly captures 2020. She's completely disheveled. She's got her hair all over the place. She's in her pajamas, banging on a piano. And she turns to present-day Leslie Jones and says, I think you better double them tots. Where present-day Leslie says, no, this was me last year. To which 2020 Leslie Jones snaps back, I didn't get my madness last year, so we're doing double this year. As she plops down on the couch with her. And then present day, Leslie Jones looks with horror as she says, you're a mess, to which her former self yells, everybody was a mess. Now, I couldn't have imagined Leslie Jones and Uber Eats being in an Easter homily together, so yes, continued unprecedented times continue. Probably why that commercial works is that in a humorous way, it kind of touches on a lot of things that we can probably all relate to. There's that sense of built-up emotion after a year where not just basketball's March Madness was canceled, but far more personal things like weddings, 
and graduation parties and birthday celebrations. Even more challenging was the equally important and more gut-wrenching distance we felt, not being able to gather together to grieve and mourn for loved ones lost. Those who suffered illnesses, whether physical or emotional or spiritual, those who lost jobs, businesses and livelihoods, those who lost loved ones and lives, They say comedy is the funniest when there's an element of truth to it. Everybody was a mess. Everybody is a mess. Which is why Easter is so essential for us. Despite the joy of this day, the victory, the triumph, the unprecedented universe and history altering event, that is experienced as Jesus Christ, who was crucified on Good Friday, is risen from the dead. This is not just some happy ending to a story. Jesus' resurrection doesn't mind erase the horrors and the events of Holy Week. His experiencing new, transformed, and glorious life doesn't dismiss the betrayals and the denials and the failures of those who were closest to him. And they don't make the heartache and the the broken spirits of Jesus' mother, Mary, who witnesses unimaginable torment disappear as if it never happened. In fact, one of the amazing things in this Easter gospel is that it's still dark. They're still walking in the fog of Good Friday, and the horrors of that day still fresh in their mind as well as the emptiness and the silence of Holy Saturday as Easter first dawns. They're heading to the place where the finality of death seems to reign, to the tomb. And we don't hear a word from the risen Christ in this gospel account. In fact, he's not witnessed in his resurrected body at all at this point in the gospel of John. All we have is the empty tomb. If anything, we've hopefully learned over this last year, it's to appreciate the the simple things and what's most important. For Mary of Magdala, whose life before she had ever met or known Jesus was filled with demons that had tormented her, both just from living life in a broken and sinful world, as well as in her own very body and soul, which she needed to be exercised of them, which is what happens when she first meets Jesus. She knew what it was like for her life to have been a mess. For Simon Peter, the impulsive fisherman, whose heart is so often in the right place, but whose mind and mouth trip him up over and over again, up until just a few days earlier, where he experiences the most intimate and sacred of moments with Jesus at the Last Supper, having his feet washed by him, being made into a priest of Jesus Christ, and experiencing the Eucharist for the first time. Moments later, when Jesus asks him to stay with him, to keep watch and pray in Gethsemane, he falls asleep. And then when Jesus is arrested, he reverts back to his hot-headed ways. He grabs a sword. He slices a guard's servant's ear off. Such that Jesus, in the midst of his passion, has to pause 
miraculously heal this man and fraternally correct Peter again. And then, worst of all, as the trial unfolds, as Jesus is being unjustly accused and condemned, Peter denies even knowing him. Peter, Peter didn't just know how life was a mess before Jesus. For him, it still was. And in that space of those days in between Good Friday and Easter Sunday, it's hard to know exactly what they thought or felt. But from the little bits and pieces that we can glean from the Gospels, we learn that they're not joyfully anticipating anything. The darkness, the madness, the messiness of the world of Good Friday, followed by the silence of death in the cemetery, has a chilling effect on even the strongest and most faithful of hearts. Which is why the empty tomb is so powerful, because it asks an obvious question, where is Jesus? That's a question many faithful have been asking. That's a question that even those who aren't necessarily believers, but who are desperately looking for any answers, to the darkness, the madness, the messiness of life, are asking those of us who claim to be followers, where is Jesus? In the other three Gospels, the amazing story of Easter begins not with an appearance of the risen Christ, but with the empty tomb as well. But in the other accounts, they all share details of the appearance of an angel who greets the perplexed visitors to the tomb. In the Gospel of Matthew, the angel says, You seek Jesus of Nazareth, the crucified. He has been raised. He is not here. He has been raised exactly as promised. We look for, we want, maybe we even expect that we would find Jesus protecting us from COVID or that loved one we prayed for wouldn't have died. Or somehow that he should just show up and prevent and protect us in countless ways. Yet that's never been our story. With the gift of free will, which makes us not simply creatures who operate in some predefined, expected way, but rather made in the likeness and goodness of God's own image, he makes it possible for us to choose whether or not to allow him to work with and within us. He's constantly inviting us to look at the realities of our world, to look at the realities of our lives, to look at our messes, and to confront the choice whether to continue to remain in them or to choose to step into faith, to hear that call within, that desire to find Jesus to step out in faith, in the darkness, in our mixed and conflicted and confused feelings and pursue him. To have eyes of faith who recognize that right there in the midst of that place of death, how life has changed for Jesus and how it's possible for us to experience that new life as well. To see Jesus not in the, the stories of death and destruction but rather at work in the dedication of so many strangers who work in the midst of those experiences 
and all kinds of acts of selflessness and healing and comfort. To realize that Jesus is not going to be found in the despair and the frustrations and the angry voices that continue to try to divide and manipulate and sow fear, but is very much at work in those who are ambassadors of his mercy, of peace, and of compassion. The empty tomb is the ultimate promise of hope. It is the eternal victory over death and the evil one. It's the invitation to experience and share the love of the risen Christ. The empty tomb proclaims the potential for for humanity to conquer those dark tendencies toward despair and isolation and self-centeredness that we can have within. So let us take this, this opportunity, gathered here together, as we could only imagine doing a year ago, and rededicate our lives to Christ. Jesus will never leave us. Jesus will never disappoint us. Jesus will never leave us to fend for ourselves in the world that at times scares us with all of its unpredictability and uncertainty. No matter what, we know Jesus walks by our side, supporting us, remaining with us, whether it's in the isolation of quarantine or here today, gathered together as we are. Jesus' triumph over death is not just his triumph, but ours as well. The promise that a life lived in Christ and in his service will lead us to our resurrection on the last day. That no matter how messy our lives might seem to us, God has the ability to take us where we are and lead us to a whole new level of joy and union with him. And if we hesitate at the thought of that, if we're thinking we're somehow undeserving or unworthy of his transformative love, we need only to remember how he worked with so many broken, imperfect people right from the beginning who testify that with God, all things are possible. In the joy of the risen Lord, gathered together as a community of believers, let me say once again, Happy Easter.